Welcome everyone to You Can't Handle the Genre. I'm Indigo McLeod. And I'm John Ortegon. And every month we pick a genre film of film genre to break down. And every week we pick a movie under that genre umbrella. And this is our second week of our month of horror. (laughs) Today's film is the original, the 1978 classic Halloween, directed by John Carpenter and co-written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Uh, Yes, it's a great film. It is starring in her first on-screen performance jamie lee curtis and also starring the amazing donald pleasance as our doctor i don't know why i did that loomis. <laughs> dr loomis <laughs> uh before we get into the film in question uh I, uh we wanted to like real quick just say who are well not who we are more like our relation to film real quick so john what is your relation to film why do you love it who are you Uh, well (laughs) i've always loved film ever since i can remember uh tv as well i just watch a hell of a lot of movies hell of a lot of tv and i like dissecting and breaking them down uh and i also grew up in that type of family so it's just constant movies for me uh, same. Yep. I think my love of film probably comes from my grandfather and my mom. And yep, also been a fan of film ever since. Uh, John and I both worked at a movie theater um, at the same time for a few years. I lasted a few years longer, sadly. Definitely <laughs> uh, did. Only reason I'm not there is because the pandemic, but that is fine with me. Uh, we, you know, probably we both had time to watch a lot of movies you haven't seen over Ooh. these several months <laughs> but Classic. yeah um do you have a favorite film genre or a subgenre genre uh straight up genre i mean i'm gonna say drama um but i am i love anything psychological as well so that kind of subgenre dr- that subgenre of drama i also love so um and sci-fi had a close second for me yeah i uh myself i don't I tried to think of this. I don't have a favorite genre per se. I do like them um, kind of all equally. Like I have gotten more into foreign films, like in the last several years, especially this year, since I've had tons of time. So um, that also I'm a fan of, uh, but I guess if I had to pick something drama now is something I go towards a lot, just because that's kind of a broad category and a lot of encompassing encompasses a lot of, film so yeah Yeah. genre wise drama i guess is our combined favorites as well as our single favorites um damn straight so john how did you first come to halloween well as i said before with my family being all into movies uh, especially my family in texas quick shout out to y'all uh i grew up with halloween all the time every halloween it was always halloween always the halloween theme song composed by john carpenter so beautifully um i was michael myers a lot when i was a kid for halloween as well so yeah it's just something i grew up with same yeah i uh i watched halloween 
every year growing up like i uh i think we established this last week like i like we both really didn't it seems have like really a um restriction on the things we could watch which you know helped a lot with halloween <laughs> being definitely rated r but yeah i grew up watching halloween every halloween but also i watched halloween too a lot so for mm-hmm. me watching this again because I mean, i've seen it a lot but I think in my mind, I combine Halloween and Halloween 2. So there are some events where I was like, okay, doesn't the kid get shot? And then, like, I think he, like, (laughs) he blows up. And I'm like, wait. Or like a car crash. I'm like, wait a second. I think that's Halloween 2. (laughs) And that's not Halloween. Uh, And I was like, okay, yes, I know exactly what happens now in this film. Halloween, only this one, not the second one, which... I guess now doesn't even count in continuity, which is all over the fucking place. <laughs> I mean, I love the Halloween sequels, like pretty much every single one of them. I find a way to enjoy. I mean, I, honestly, my, my second favorite Halloween though is season of the witch. Mm, I, I, I feel terrible. I've only for Halloween films. Um, and we can, I guess, get into the franchise of it, too. Um, I've only actually seen Halloween, the original Halloween 2. Uh, and I've seen H2O, Halloween Resurrection. I saw parts <laughs> of the Rob Zombie 2007 Halloween before. And I pretty, I think you, I think you like that, John. I, I do not like that film and I could not finish it. I tried so hard, but I just could not pick up what he was putting down. I wouldn't generally say I liked it, but I I didn't not like, it's definitely one of my least favorite Rob Zombie movies. I, I think I've seen two Rob Zombie films and I'm not a fan of him. I think you're a bigger fan of him than I am. Well, I am not a fan at all. So definitely. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a bigger fan. <laughs> yeah. Cause I love, I love my Rob zombie films very, very, very much. Maybe I got to give him another chance. It's been a while actually. <laughs> and I've seen, obviously I've seen the 2018 Halloween, uh, directed by David Gordon green and co-written by him and Danny McBride, which Danny I did McBride. like, I liked it, uh, quite a bit. Actually. I liked, um, the feel of it it did feel a lot like which was pretty obvious that they were fans of the original halloween um so have you seen every single one of the halloween films uh let's see halloween two season of the witch yeah halloween four yeah yeah Yeah. yep all of them but i mean like i said i find a way to enjoy them all but really uh, the last one that I kind of enjoyed was H2O. I think it was H2O. Mm. Yeah, it's. I remember uh, when 2018 Halloween, which <laughs> I gotta say, it's just so confusing that there are three movies called Halloween and there are two movies called Halloween 2, and yet the third movie called Halloween is the sequel to the original Halloween. And I'm like, just call it Halloween. Just call in <laughs> something else. Because the next two that are now coming out because of the pandemic pushed them back to 2021 and then 2022 respectively are Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. And if yep. you just did that, why couldn't you just add a fucking word to the first one you guys released that's the sequel? But, you know, I'm not salty. 
You know what? I don't, I'm at now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more. I don't think it was H2O because it's the one with Buster Rhymes. Oh god, yeah, it's Resurrection. <laughs> so it's Resurrection, yeah. Yikes! Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I have not seen H2O in a long time. I think it was okay. I don't think I liked it obviously as much as Halloween at all. But Resurrection, I just remember. I was like, this is, I, I don't know what we're doing here, guys. Buster Rhymes is the lead of your film. And I think, uh, um, who's the supermodel? Oh, my God. I'm playing Tyra Banks. And I was like, Tyra Banks and him? What's happening? 2002. Hell I'll tell high. you what's happening. The fucking, honestly, one of the craziest things ever done to, to Michael Myers. It's a drop kick. <laughs> that fucking Buster Rhymes lays oh, on yeah. that bitch. <laughs> that's a great moment. That, that's almost worth it being made. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i because i remember well yeah when um halloween 2018 came out i saw like a video just saying what happened in the rest of them from basically season of the witch um to till that one uh because you know i didn't know what happened in that one which i know i guess is the only one without michael myers if i'm correct that's like kind of almost not even yep and like it's in continuity of the originals, I guess, but it's not like it's it's something almost completely different. But then Michael Myers is back, obviously, because the fourth one's called The Return of Michael Myers. So, mm. how are you? Do you like like season? Because I know a lot of people love Season of the Witch. Do you like that more than Halloween Two? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Season of the Witch is my second favorite Halloween, and obviously. Halloween is the original. 1978 is my favorite. What uh, what are your thoughts on the 2018 Halloween? Oh, I I thought it was okay. Um, I honestly didn't enjoy it that much. Uh, my favorite parts were honestly when you could definitely tell that Danny McBride wrote it, <laughs> which are like the the moments with a kid. You could you can immediately tell that like. Um, every single scene with with the child is written by Danny McBride. Yeah, he, uh, I, yeah, I could definitely see his uh, influence on the script and many parts of that movie. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just really comedic, like very comedical, like super comedical. <laughs> I like that. I usually feel like it's comical. But I like I like comedic. Comedical. I wanna I wanna use that. <laughs> it's really it's really comedical. Comical. Uh, <laughs> uh, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a little bit illiterate, folks. <laughs> hey, I couldn't even figure out uh, how this spell octagon for a second last week. <laughs> so we're on the same boat. Hey, you know what? Maybe we can start a reading club as well. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, with uh, OG Halloween, the movie we're talking about in question. Um, so you grew up with it. Do you watch that every year? Is that like a Halloween staple? Uh, definitely a Halloween staple. Yeah, for sure. Same here. Yep. I kind of watch it every year. I think the last couple of years I've been busy with like theater and stuff around this time. So I didn't work. So I think I've been distracted, but because of this show, and you know, pandemic, so no theater. I haven't really had the same distractions, not like well, distractions from being able to watch uh 
films as much. So this month I am going hard. Oh, I'm trying to watch a lot of horror movies. Some, a few things that slipped through the cracks and whatever, but yeah, Halloween, it's just such a great film. Um, now true I remember classic. last, Oh, sorry. You're going to say it's a true classic, true classic. It's all I it have to is. say. It's uh, maybe one of the most influential films, not the first slasher, but definitely uh, I think influenced it a little bit more. Uh, everything coming afterwards than uh, 74's Black Christmas. Not to be confused with 2019's Black Christmas, which no one should Please ever, don't ever confuse see. those. <laughs> it is a travesty. And there was another remake of Black Christmas, I believe, in like 2006 with uh, What's Your Face? Played Sue Storm in another bad film. Fantastic Four. Yeah, I can't think of her name. Uh, she doesn't matter. Um, but I think last week, you said how uh, that um, The Shining was not your favorite horror film. Is Halloween your favorite horror film? It still isn't my favorite horror film. That oh, is not it, my favorite horror film. Oh, Halloween is not. No. Ooh. It's not my my number my number one. Uh, you know, but there's still there's still two weeks left in in horror month. I'll probably. I'll probably reveal it before the other month ends. Interested. Folks, I don't even know what the answer is. This is going to be fun. We're discovering things together. Uh, Let's get into this fucking movie. Yeah, so this is like an indie film at its finest. I mean, it's, I think, yeah, this is made for like, what, I think like $200,000 and made, I think, about like, 70 million at the yeah. worldwide or domestic box office, obviously spawning, I think eight sequels to the originals before being uh, remade by Rob Zombie in 2007. And he had a sequel as well called Halloween two. It's previously stated two years later, then re not. Well, yeah. Rebooted again in 2018, scratching every single movie that came before besides the OG 1978 Halloween and uh yeah so one of the most iconic killers uh uh horror icons michael myers michael um, myers just such an amazing character also known as the shape if you watch the credits um which honestly that's also an amazing name for this character mm-hmm. who just <laughs> doesn't he's not even human he, he really i feel like michael myers is almost an idea like he's not he doesn't feel really uh he can't really just be killed uh at least easily um he's and just, David, weren't you listening he's the boogeyman he is the boogeyman <laughs> he's the boogeyman he's all that that encompasses evil i man i gotta say dr loomis <laughs> he <laughs> i man he is just like i love i love everything he says yeah when he uh when he's just talking to like the nurse and he just says that um she just thinks oh yeah we're just driving just getting like a normal patient's like oh, this is not a normal patient uh <laughs> yeah haddonfield illinois i can't remember if that's a real place or not i don't know 
Yeah, I don't know anything about Illinois. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a mystery <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we don't uh, we don't pay attention to the uh, to the states to the south um, <laughs> of us. Well, whatever it is now, it's iconic. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think uh, so? If you had to say, include Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, and Jason. Who you got? Who who's uh, who's your favorites? Who or who do you think is the most iconic between all of them? Oh well, I'd say my favorite is Michael Myers. Uh, most iconic would honestly still probably be Michael Myers, but but like Freddy Krueger, probably mainstream. I'd probably say people would probably say Freddy Krueger a little bit more than Michael Myers, but I love Michael Myers. So <laughs> I love the concept of Michael Myers. Yeah. Michael Myers is great. I, I think for me, it would probably be Freddy Krueger. I, I think I just like the comedy because like him and Jason are similar. Oh, yeah. um, uh, Michael Myers and Jason are similar where they don't really talk. They're kind of just like up here <laughs> or like mm-hmm. slow walk until they need to go a little bit fast. But yeah, I think I like the theatricality of um freddie a little bit more he's just such a fucking weird guy <laughs> has a great iconic look i mean the others do as well uh but those that though that striped shirt those claws that hat can't can't be beat for me uh-huh. um and michael myers can't really make a blender out of a bed so that's true I mean, <clears throat> yeah unfortunately it's true all he can do is take six shots and just keep he on can, coming for the seat we let's just say all michael myers can do when it comes down to that is he can survive the blender yeah <laughs> he definitely could yeah he's like i'm not getting blended today i, I think like, i'm not gonna be johnny depp <laughs> i think that's the thing i love uh with jamie lee Curtis's character Lori strode i like how you know she goes after him uh michael and after like well actually he goes after her but he at near the end of the film but i love how she fights back and if he were a normal person he would have been dead like mm-hmm. i think twice at least of the three times that he comes after and attacks her so he would have been dead the very first time <laughs> like laurie stabbed him in the neck <laughs> oh yeah that was the yeah yeah that's true that's true yeah that was the very first one that that's when you knew that no matter how much no matter how much Michael got laid out in this movie, which is a lot, he gets laid out a lot in this movie. You always expect him to get back up. Yeah. It, I just, I, I love like, I love the moment when she gets in the house. Yeah. And then like, of course he just comes in and then he yeah, stabs him through the neck. He's down. And then it's like, Oh, <laughs> I finally did it. I mean, of course you would think you finally did it. And then it's like, no, no, he's still alive. And then she even <laughs> stabs him uh later uh with a knife i believe right uh and a hanger (laughs) oh my (laughs) gosh stabs him with a hanger and then a knife yes i thought okay (laughs) because this thing it kind of killed me so uh uh (laughs) so i thought at first great playing you know so you're you're running upstairs like, oh, no, I'm upstairs. And you want to make it look like you jumped out the window or something. It's been done so many other times in movies. It's a great plan. But the thing is, 
she goes, uh, she opens the terrace doors or the deck doors, I guess. And she hides in the closet, but she's making all this fucking noise. (laughs) It's like the most obvious, like I'm hiding, I'm hiding. You just hear like just the rattling around. And I'm just like, Lori, what, what are you doing? (laughs) You had such a good plan. And then obviously comes in there. She stabs him. And see, I don't know about you, but if I stab someone in the neck, and they're down, and then they just get up <laughs> as if nothing happened, and you're coming after me. If I stab them in the eye, I don't think. And then, yeah, and then I think that caused the knife to fall, and then he, she stabs him again. I don't know if I would turn my back. I think I would assume they're dead, but I still would be like, I'm not a hundred percent like Lori does. And then next thing you know, Oh, my arm. <laughs> Lori has so much false hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Dr. Loomis came and, uh, <laughs> just took him down. Um, another thing is just like, uh, the shining. Cause this is, you know, made two years before this also was one of the, uh, first used to make the first movies to make uh use of steady cam. And, I think one of the things I love about the film is like the voyeurism aspect. Um, mm. I love the POV, uh, especially the opening POV of just Michael stalking his sister as a six-year-old kid. I mean, oh yeah, dude, that's iconic. Yeah, it's just so creepy. Just the camera's kind of not like shaking, but it's kind of loose, kind of moving. And I like seeing the hand get the knife and put having a mask and put it on, and just narrowly the boyfriend narrowly uh, escapes because he probably would have killed him too, but he yep. just does not see him. And then you know, he kills his sister Judith Myers. Um, what did you think of the last shot of that scene? So you know, he comes downstairs, he goes outside, his parents come home, and then like Michael takes off the mask like oh shit it's just a child and then it's just it doesn't cut but like it's like a 30 second i don't know if it's like a dolly or whatever but we pull and we keep pulling back and none of the yeah. actors are moving it's like a snow of the act dude i'm so glad you brought this up because i laugh my ass off every time i watch the beginning <laughs> of this fucking movie dude because his mom <laughs> like, like his like mrs myers is like standing that like she's not paused which is what like i would have thought because they aren't moving but they are moving like you can see the mom basically like looking one opposite not even looking at michael and ju- not even really looking at the house either just like looking up into space and that's it <laughs> i also like, thought it was funny yeah i'm happy <laughs> i'm happy we're on the same page like i <laughs> like i was like i I never understood this. I, I never did. And, you know, maybe someone else has a better take. Like, honestly, I'm open to it. But I was just so confused. I mean, I guess it's supposed to maybe be in the moment. Like, I mean, look at this crazy snapshot of this family for this long time. Like, frozen in time, maybe, because this is the moment that might define this family for the rest of their lives. Maybe that's what it's going for. But it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's funny, dude. It's, it's definitely funny. I mean, yeah. so many parts in this movie are funny. Um, and generally, like, just alone, the fact, like I said earlier, how many times he gets laid out. <laughs> like, the amount of times Michael Myers is on the ground is just hilarious to me. And, like, 
you might think I'm stupid, but I only think of one thing now after I had seen the movie Wedding Crashers. <laughs> but every time I see Michael Myers now, all I can think of is when Rachel McAdams in Wedding Crashers is like, oh my God, your brother, he's down again. And then it just, <laughs> it just, it just shows Vince Vaughn like on the ground, just like dead. <laughs> That's like all I, I think about now, dude. <laughs> Um, it's like, um, the thing I, I love that, <laughs> so, you know, he's, he goes in, he's six years old when he kills his sister and then he is in an institution for 15 years. Um, mm-hmm. it's funny. I noticed in the credits cause I was like, I, I know simple math, so this can't, uh, make any sense. And I don't know if you noticed this, but like in the credits or credits, there's a person credited as Michael age 23. Yeah, twenty three. And yep. when we see the mask is taken off, um, but like I feel like that's the guy when the mask is taken off later in the film. But the age doesn't match up because he killed his sister at six, and they say he's fifteen, which is twenty one. But uh, I guess there was actually just a mistake in the credits. But I kind of find that funny <laughs> that someone just didn't do the math right, <laughs> and then it's just like <laughs> twenty three. Because it's not supposed to be that. Like literally in the no. film, they say fifteen multiple times. Like it's 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 twenty one, but it should be twenty one. <laughs> yeah, Mike Lay is twenty three. I was like, come on. Uh, speaking of the credits, because uh, like you said, beginning uh, Carpenter, John Carpenter, my lord, amazing, amazing director of horror films and other genre films. Um, in the credits, uh, he did the music, but um, he bills himself as the Bowling Green Philharmonic Orchestra. And yes. That's him. <laughs> there yep, is no that is John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. I saw he made uh, he made this score in three days. Yep. And like, he wrote the script in two weeks. Like they wrote the script in two weeks and the movie was shot in only 20 days. It was a 20 day shoot. It's crazy. It was shot in May of 1978 and it came out in October. Like this is insane. That's it's crazy. I mean, it's insane. It's fucking insane. It was a three hundred or, like you said, two hundred thousand. I I I put like three twenty five thousand for their budget, and um seventy million, like seventy million out of three hundred twenty five thousand. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, even uh, like Roger Ebert. Um, who is not like usually the biggest fan of slasher films I found. He even praised Halloween uh, Pond's release. I think like some people, I think when it came out, they thought it was kind of misogynistic and uh, maybe like sadist, you know, because of all the, like the women that died. I mean, obviously like a a guy dies too. Hmm? How could somebody think it's misogynistic? It's literally like, it's almost a symbol of feminism. I mean, Laurie Strode is like one of the very first female, like, or she's the original scream queen. Like she's the original scream queen. She is a final girl. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah, it's weird. Like, um, some people, um, even women, um, like who said this as well as men, um, also use that against it saying like, no, that's not, no, if anything, yeah. Like you're saying, like they thought it's actually feminist that, um, cause if Laura, like if, if Michael was a man, 
normal, not like this weird <laughs> figure, this shape. Uh, he would have been dead. Like she would have killed him. So, oh, yeah. um, like I think like people like say that Dr. Loomis came in there and it's a man saving this woman, but one, he doesn't even kill him <laughs> just like he, uh, she didn't kill him. So I, I get what they're saying. I hundred percent do not agree, um, personally at all. And it sounds like neither do you, uh, yeah, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is really good. I think she's because the movie is super simple, and that's the thing. Um, like, I guess you could say like The Shining is simple in ways, but this is just really bare bones. Like, it's not the you know best script ever. It's not dealing with like maybe the craziest themes, but you know the economy of like screen time is so amazing. Like, I feel like this, this is like, maybe, I don't know how, if you feel this way too, maybe the most iconic horror score. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah. The most iconic horse. I mean, it was the song of my childhood. <laughs> like, like literally like the theme song that John Carpenter composes the song of my childhood. It's it's an amazing amazing score and yeah the oh, the theme music for Halloween I think is one of the most recognizable pieces of music at least uh film score wise ever written I mean even uh, in 2018, when that Halloween, when Hall- that Halloween came out, I mean, the opening scene I thought of that movie was great setup. Maybe doesn't make a lot of sense because you know he's holding up the podcaster guy is holding up a mask behind Michael and he can't see because you know we have mm-hmm. eyes in front of us and that was maybe not the didn't make any sense. But I love just how it cuts. Just like I think he's holding up the mask. And he's just like. Do you feel it, Michael? Do you? And then it cuts to the Halloween score. And I, you know, I had never seen Halloween at all in a theater, obviously. And Mm -hmm. just hearing that score come through the speakers of a theater, (laughs) it was bone chilling. Just like, and also just, I was elated just because it was such, it was was amazing because I've never, you know, I've never heard it just so loud and just powerful as I did seen Halloween 2018 so you know yeah. the rest of the movie is good but I thought that opening scene and cutting to that was a great choice yeah I mean that was that was Rob Zombie's Halloween for me because I saw that in theater and that was a that was my first brush with uh that the song in a movie theater setting and uh yeah it's fucking great <laughs> the movie itself know. like how the the uh, Rob Zombie Halloween as I said is not great but that is great. Yeah, I I even love the uh, like you know because the theme music obviously is fantastic, but I love the uh, the stings. Uh, this just like the Exorcist has like amazing stings in the score. Like the there's the scene, um, we see uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, Tommy. Um, we see Tommy being like bullied by those kids at school when he has the pumpkin. They're like, the boogeyman's gonna get yep. you. He's gonna <laughs> get you. He's gonna get you. And then you know he falls in this pumpkin. Pumpkin. 
also real quick, um, I've seen, uh, the room now. Uh, and so <laughs> there's this, you know, there's this scene where I forgot his name, but he, in the room, he like trips and falls and he has like, uh, like the guy with glasses and he kind of just like, Oh yeah. Goes into the camera. And I realized this exact same shot from Halloween. Cause, uh, uh, Tommy falls and then he just like falls into the camera basically. And I was like, Jesus Christ, you're, you're so close. <laughs> I can see you, Tommy, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know. That just reminded me. Um, but I love the, like that it continues. And then one of the kids is going and Michael kind of grabs him. And that's when like the music just goes, I was, it's, it's just so loud. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and then it, it keeps going. And then, you know, it's following, um, Michael. He's just walking along Tommy, who is just the most oblivious kid. Like this man, and then he gets in the car and he's driving next to him. And he's just like, I'm just a kid in the seventies. I'm like, dude, <laughs> how spatial awareness. There is a man near you. Oh man. And, I mean, yeah, talk about Michael Myers' C-plus level sneak. <laughs> the the confident C-plus level sneak. Now, I would give him an A-plus because it really, watching the movie, you do feel like it is possible that he deserves the A-plus, especially since he, for some reason, somehow can maneuver doors without being around the doors. <laughs> but c-plus level sneak because i mean he just he shows himself just <laughs> he doesn't give a shit he shows himself to everybody i'm gonna i'm gonna chill right here in these bushes but i'm really not gonna be in the bushes i'm gonna be like half out <laughs> yeah like, I, I want you to see me and then i'm just gonna teleport i'm just gonna run real fast maybe when no one's looking and then everyone's gonna think you're crazy and she, and and she's gonna think i'm cute <laughs> <laughs> i also yeah because he's you know he's driving around which i love um like loomis has the line talking to someone later um after uh michael breaks out because <laughs> he's the guy's just like how can he drive he's been in the institution for this long <laughs> and then dr loomis is like i don't know uh maybe someone taught him but yeah, he's an excellent driver for someone who's been locked up oh, for 15 excellent. years. Excellent. He's the perfect tail. Yeah. He tails excellently the whole the fucking movie. I mean, he disappears and then yeah, he's just boom, he's there. I'm like, like he drives away and then it's like, nope, yep, he's still there. And I'm like, okay. I I, I kind of gotta appreciate your hustle, Michael. You know, you just you're stalking these people, you're doing good. If Michael was just a man, he would be a great agent. Because he just, you know, no one would see him. I mean, I guess some Nobody people would, would see him. him. Nobody <laughs> would see him. Most people wouldn't notice him or see him. Uh, <laughs> I like how he hears, he hear, I think it's Annie that says it. He hears her say that, and you just see the car go, just like break. Like, what'd you say, bitch? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, my God. I love that part. <laughs> uh, what does it say? Um, I love hearing Michael's head. <clears throat> heavy breathing as he's creeping. Um, like Michael is like breathing all throughout this movie so loudly just because we can hear because of the sound design. And actually that's one of my favorite parts about the ending. Like after Dr. Loomis looks over the edge and sees Michael's gone after you shot him six times, mm -hmm. all you hear is... 
so creepy. And I was like, yeah, that's how it ends. I almost forgot. Cause that's when I was like, right. So everything else I think is the second movie. It's not this first one. So I was like, wow, what a way to end the first film. And I don't know if they plan. I, I don't not, I'm not sure. I, I don't think they did plan maybe a sequel. I assume because it's an indie movie like this too. Like who you, I don't think you expect when you make a movie like this to actually have a sequel, but if mm-hmm. they didn't, I mean, what a crazy way to end that, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like if they never made a sequel, that would honestly be that to me, that would be amazing to be honest, because I fucking, I love ambiguous endings that like make no sense at all. And they just like leave you with the end, you know, like, 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 um, I was a firm believer before Endgame. boy, was I wrong, but I was a firm believer before Endgame came out that, Infinity War wasn't a magnificent ending to the universe. Yeah, that oh god. Yeah, that would make it that would make a very divisive but uh ballsy uh ending. That would that if it just ended at Infinity War instead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a I mean I'm a crazy person. Nobody really nobody at all sides with me on that, but I definitely do believe that after I watched Infinity War, I was like, that's that's it. That's great. That's that was perfect. That's all I need. And then that game came out and blew the doors down, but still. Yeah. Oh god. I haven't cried so much since it, <laughs> since I saw that movie. Oh my gosh. Um uh one thing I found uh really interesting, Carpenter being that the master that he is, is that he didn't have Michael kill Annie in the shed because I feel like that is like the obvious choice which is maybe uh-huh. why, he, like, because she's alone and secluded away. And then maybe that's why, because... Duck in a window. Yeah, because you could, I guess you could argue, because later, um, I forgot the kid's name, um, but, like... Lindsay. Lindsay, yeah. Uh, like, Lindsay comes in, uh, comes there and, like, sees her. So I guess she would have, like, freaked out, maybe. So I guess maybe ruin his plans. Or, no, I mean, you could still figure it out just write you know different scenes uh construct different scenes afterwards but yeah i thought that was interesting that she just gets killed in the car um which man uh what a way to die just you know die in the car no one knows it's like oh no i'm gonna see my boyfriend now i got (laughs) you that was also that's also a pretty fucking for 1978 that's a brutal ass kill yeah like they stay yeah they stay with annie getting like strangled the entire time and then and then with the with the with the knife Oh god, yeah, because the horn just starts honk. She's honking the horn, and her head hits the horn. But yeah, that sound with the knife. Yeah, I think there's a sound cue there. And I was like, ooh, oh, Annie's gone. <laughs> yeah, but I do like like what you were saying with like the fact that she didn't die in the shed. I love how like in the end, it all actually comes down to one house. Like, like it all came down to like one house where, um, Linda, is that her name? I think so. Uh, the other friend? Yes. So Linda and Annie. Yeah, because Linda, Annie, and Bob, right? That's the guy's name. They totally. all, they're all dead, and they're all, like, in that one house. And I just love the reveal of it all because it's like, oh, fuck, dude. 
Yeah, Michael Byers, like he's uh he he likes the pre- uh, presentation. Like he took time, man. Oh yeah, I <laughs> that's what I, I was always thought was so funny. I mean, he has his mom's gravestone, and he. I don't know. He just had in his car, I guess. And he's like, hey, this is a great spot. I kind of like this, these kids. Like, I imagine Michael Myers as, like, a real estate agent. Like, hmm, I think this is a good neighborhood to kill my, like, like next victims. Hey, she looks pretty cool. Wow, she has a lot of cool friends. Wow, that's a nice house. Huh. You know, I could like I could set up a body on the bed, put a tombstone right there. Oh my god, I could hang Bob from the closet. That's awesome. I could shove her in the closet, and then oh my gosh, Lori's gonna come. She's gonna love it. She's gonna love it, and I can kill her. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> use the telephone wire. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah it is it is kind of funny. I I love that kill Bob because I think yeah he goes to check because you don't know where he is. And yeah, I love, he, huh? No, 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 go. Oh, uh, no, I, I like almost just like Annie because you see the, uh, like the door open to the outside. And I thought, oh, he's going to come, you know, you think maybe he would come in through that way or, or you don't know where he is then since he's, he doesn't seem to come out that way. And then he goes to a closet or something and mm-hmm. he's not in there. And then he goes to the other side. And then I like how he just like, Pushes him to the wall with a knife and then just, you know, lifts him up and then kills him and then does that head turn. It's so creepy. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's one of the best moments in the movie, like in terms of like his level of sneak, because that's like one of the first like real shots in the dark when Bob's walking and you just see like literally just like half of Michael's mask as he's walking and there's a little sound cue that's like like signaling that he's there and you're like oh shit <laughs> oh my yeah oh my god i i think yeah i think one of the scariest moments is after um he kills bob and he comes back like like with as the, the ghost sheet yeah he has the ghost with his glasses on that is some unsettling shit oh yeah like you don't know how like he's just there he doesn't obviously he doesn't speak but it just takes so yep. long for anything to happen. That's just so creepy. And she um, um, shows her titties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One does like, and he didn't see, give a shit. See anything you like. And he's like, I got my beer. Like it, it, it's almost like <laughs> bargaining. Cause I just love it's first. Like it's playful, a little bit more playful. Nah, you know, see anything you like. And then it's like, okay, well, obviously that's not working. Beer. Jesus, what is wrong with you? And then the phone rings and, oh, man. And that's when he gets her. Yeah, he just oh, chokes yeah. her. And, and he puts the phone out to his um, face. Now, that was also really creepy. <laughs> I What I like actually a lot <laughs> is Loomis's, like, constant state of just fear and defeat like just fear and and he like he's he has the straightest face the entire movie when he's discussing all of his defeat but like every time somebody says something he's just like yeah yeah you fucking idiot we know (laughs) like i don't fucking bring it up to me because i know i'm living that hell right now (laughs) yeah I, i like it when he's on the phone with the police chief in the uh phone booth when uh yeah after i think it's the second scene we see him in uh, maybe it's, no, probably the third because yeah, that's just when he's going to Haddonfield and he's saying, 
he's coming. Get ready. Because if you don't, it's your funeral. Yeah. Yep. He's just such was, a yeah, funeral. So dark. <laughs> I wonder if Michael Myers actually like had to dig at all for Judas' gravestone or if he just straight up just ripped it out of the ground. Yeah, we never, at least in this film, get a true sense of his strength. I mean, obviously he's strong enough to like take a man by the throat and you know lift Bob him up. Bob was pretty skinny. Yeah. Bob was pretty fucking skinny though. That's he was true. A, he was That's skinny. True. If he uh, if he ate a little bit more meat, maybe he would have survived. <laughs> yeah, and then his other victims are just chicks in the first one. It's true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously he can't really die, but yeah, I don't know. We don't know his uh, true strength. We, I mean, we don't know how he actually escaped the asylum that time. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Um, and Ooh, I love the sound cue in that scene too. Oh yeah. Me too. Oh God. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I love just the setup too. You were in the rain in the car and then it's like, Oh shoot. All the prisoners are gone. I mean, they're just out in the rain. He's like, what's going on here? <laughs> and then as Loomis is like at the front gate, he just climbs on the car and then I, he palms the glass, which I was like, damn, that's why I knew. Oh yeah. He, uh, he doesn't, he's not a normal man. <laughs> no, he is not. <laughs> that is definitely not true. I love, I love the, the effects for that, <laughs> for the, for the hand on the window. Yeah, it like it's kind of like cuts to like a uh, like a medium shot, and she like like you see her face, just like mm-hmm. and hands, ah, <laughs> oh, and then she runs and you know he takes the car, and I was like, wait, he can drive? Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, she's like she's like uh is like well he's barely gonna be able to stand up in front of the judge. And Loomis is like that's the point. <laughs> I like, love that's yeah, I what love we hope. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it really is one of the uh, great setups to a character. I mean, honestly, we saw him in the opening scene. We don't know anything about him. It's just like this kid. It's like, whoa, it's like a six-year-old murdering his sister. I mean, why? What's the motivation? And then next thing you know, we're in the present day. There is no motivation. He's just darkness. He's hell. He's the boogeyman. There is no explanation. And, you know, of course, it just sounds like, oh, come on. You're you're crazy. Like, there is just, there's nothing. There's no boogeyman. There has to be some explanation. And then you see, no, he's, he's just the shape. The shape. And the shape. <laughs> Shout out to Beth Rogers for wardrobe, too. <laughs> Oh yeah, I I also saw that they had to like, you know, because really small film. A lot of them have their own clothes as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they bought their own wardrobe. Yeah. Apparently, Lori, um, not Lori, Jamie Lee went to like J.C. Penney and spent like three hundred bucks, and that was her wardrobe. <laughs> which is funny. She only has like two clothes or two outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is always funny. Yeah, it's on the yeah, because yeah, it's all on Halloween day, <laughs> and they. I love when they talk about the dance. I mean, knowing that you've seen the film, like they're talking about the dance tomorrow. And it's like, yeah, only one of you is going to make it out alive. <laughs> all your friends are dead. I think that's a song. Well, you know, I bet Paul is super fucking happy that he didn't hang out with fucking Annie that night. Now, isn't Paul? I can't. I'm trying to remember. Is he the one who works at the hospital in the second film? 
Um, geez, I don't know. It's been a minute since I've seen Halloween too. Because I just don't. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I just, I just don't remember uh, what his, his name is. So I remember she's like sweet, or he's sweet on her, and then he dies. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> then he dies. I because I, I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, is this Paul? Like I don't. I don't remember, but um, maybe not exactly sure. <laughs> One thing that uh, that I do want to discuss, though, is the original Scream Queen, Jamie Lee Curtis and Laurie Strode. Her character in general is just fucking incredible. Like, she's such a badass, even though she's screaming at, like, literally every single possible thing that is happening around her, even if it isn't Michael. But she, you know, she, she keeps her composure until she's in a closet. Um, but even then she's still badass and she stabs Mike. She drops Mike twice. It's more than even Loomis. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he just shoots and lets him go the first time. Yeah. I, I don't think, um, I like, I like Laurie Strode and I like uh, as a character too. And I love Jamie Lee Curtis's performance. Like it's really like low key and reserved until, um, you know, <laughs> the screaming starts. Uh, yeah. I, I think but yeah, I think she has a lot of like nervous looks, obviously because she sees him and um, when she's on the phone, uh, she's scared. And I think she really does those small moments, but yeah, I, I don't know if I, think she's as badass maybe but maybe she is because you know she doesn't like fumble um i mean she i think she falls down the stairs but that's because like she was surprised by a fucking killer after her friends so Uh or like she discovers her friends dead so you know what i reverse my opinion you're right she is a badass because i mean yeah maybe maybe she should uh realize not to make so much noise um in a closet because <laughs> that was the downfall well, but hey, that's she, what i said that's what i said she kept her composure until she got in the closet but even then she redeemed herself because she stabbed the motherfucker with a hanger and who the fuck thinks of that you know <laughs> that's true honestly i think i probably just would have taken it i i don't know i don't know what i would think i'm like oh why a hanger no i just like ah, i would just be screaming i probably would try to kick him i guess yeah that's about all i can think of um, I mean, it works pretty well for Buster Rhymes. So that's true, Michael. He can be defeated by kicks. Uh, I mean, dude, fucking, he laid out Michael with that kick. It was it got him. I mean, he died directly after that, but it was still like for the time being, for the moment, it was great. Now, one of the questions I had. So, oh, man, it makes me laugh every time. So, this is after. She leaves the house. All her friends are dead, and she just got stabbed, and she's, she runs. And so, look, now, if you hear someone scream for help on Halloween night, do you help them or not? Because Lori goes to that house. At the, at the and level that Lori was. <laughs> and like, they Because like, they turn on the lights, to, and they look at her through the blinds. <laughs> They close the blinds and they turn the lights off. I mean, what a savage move. She's like yelling. She's yelling and they see her. So it's not like just like, shut up, crazy kids. It's literally like you see her, man. Help me. Are you listening? 
what what would you do? I mean, I would help Lori. I would have helped Lori. I mean, she was clearly in distress and yelling like fucking crazy. But nah, nah. The people in the house just they decided to be like that one meme <laughs> of that like monkey. Like I don't even know what the fuck it is, but it's just like the dude just like looking like oh shit, what's going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were not helpful. I mean, because that's the thing in horror movies a lot. It's like just go to someone else's house, go to a house, and it's just she tries. Yeah. But I mean, I I would have kept running down a street to be honest. I mean, I mean, there's children. Lindsay and and Tommy run out, and they're like fucking screaming and shit. Nobody does anything about that. Well, I guess we don't know. Actually, we don't. We don't know exactly actually, what happens. I mean, they were screaming pretty loud, and I like how I like how Loomis doesn't even give a shit about them. He's just like, oh, they're screaming because from that house. That means Michael's there. Fuck those kids. Like, yeah, I always thought that was funny. How he's just like looking and like, hmm, screaming kids. Uh, wait oh i know what's in there <laughs> maybe he thinks maybe michael's gonna come out so he's like okay i'll maybe i'll stop him there and so uh yeah no those kids are fine hey they're alive at least <laughs> uh this um yeah because do you think that um you would have just kept running down the street would you try to would you have went back for the kids like what, what do you think you would have done if I was in Lori's house? If I was in Lori's point of view? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I'd have probably so much fucking adrenaline. I mean, her legs fucked up. She got like stabbed in the arm at that point, right? Or she got like slashed in the arm. Yeah. Her arm was yeah, slashed. So, she fell down the stairs. She's probably emotionally I mean, fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably limp down the street like good old Jax Torrance and try to find uh i mean somebody to help i'd probably like continue on hitting windows while also looking for the children that just disappeared into thin air yeah sounds like a good plan probably try to do the same just keep limping i i don't know if i honestly would even have been thinking about the kids i mean i think she was just trying to get to that house because it's like safe place safe place but yeah i probably just would have kept going down the street well, because the kids, that's the last time you see Lindsay and Tommy, right? They, when they're, they're running. booking yeah. it down the street. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Lori seemed like she was a pretty kick-ass babysitter. So, I think that she would have gone for it. <laughs> Did you mean, uh, what do you mean, like, um, like after, because I was talking specifically about when she first leaves the house. Um, after she stabbed, so they're still in the house asleep. The um, other house. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, miscommunication here. But oh, you're um, good. Yeah, that's why I was oh, yeah, like, yeah, okay. totally. Totally, I would definitely. I mean, I'd still limp down, fucking like Jack Torrance, running and trying to, because her legs fucked up by that part, right? Yeah, she's limping. She went yeah. down the stairs. She went down the stairs. Um, yeah, I try to fucking hit. I, I hit up like every single house. I'd probably break a window with a rock. Me too. Don't stop. Like, like, someone's like, get the hell out of here. Like, look, I'm stabbed. I, even if they don't see Michael, be like, look, it's real blood. Like, I, I call the police, call the police, do it. She, t- <laughs> she took it into her own hand. That was when she was like, when they looked directly at her and turned off the light, she was like, I guess I'm on my own now. <laughs> yeah uh, i yeah that that is a cold move and i kind of laughed i was like damn savages <laughs> uh um i also love 
uh, Dr. Loomis's monologue to the chief at the Myers house. Um, Cause I think that's when he's like, Hey, like what's actually like, tell me about what's actually going on with this guy. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding. And even the most rudimentary sense of life or death of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. It's an amazingly delivered monologue. Honestly, it kind of reminded me of <laughs> even like him. I feel like uh, Donna Pleasance in this movie reminded me of Alec Guinness in A New Hope. Like getting just this amazing actor in this small movie mm-hmm. that could honestly be terrible, but turns out great. Just to yeah. bring some like real class, even though he has less scenes, I guess. He he had way less scenes in this movie than I thought, you know, or less speaking lines. Um, yeah, or and less, his, but, but it's because every line he says is like iconic. Yeah, <laughs> like as a matter of fact, it was. Like I said, I really did have the two uh, movies, Halloween, the original Halloween two, just mixed in my mind. I thought there are more scenes, right? Even though I've seen this before, I'm like, no, that is all. That's it. I love them, but that those were it. Um, and John Carpenter, um, I because I went back and forth. This also is not my favorite. Well, obviously, because I said The Shining was. But I don't know if this is my second or not. I don't think so. I do love The Thing. Also directed by uh, Carpenter in 82. I think they came out. Yeah, they came out in like the summer of 82, which was like like the E.T. The No, wait. I think E.T. Oh, was, was E.T.? Maybe. I think it was like, yeah, E.T., the thing star trek 2 wrath of khan and another movie all came out within like a month and a half um which is like the greatest month of film ever (laughs) (laughs) i mean i can't imagine being our age like then watching like oh my god oh my god like all these great movies but all like because uh um the thing is a remake, obviously, of the thing from another world from, I think, the 50s, possibly the 60s. And I think Carpenter also does a great job there. But, I mean, that's a completely different movie. That's more horror sci-fi and that has, like, body horror and stuff. But I think I like that actually a little bit more. Um, I've grown to like that and watch rewatch that, like, a few couple times a year, actually. Um, but, yeah. Carpenter, I don't think he makes movies uh, as much. He, like, he's alive. Um, but uh-huh. like many filmmakers, obviously, when they're oh, a little yeah. older, they, you know, slow down. But are oh, you, uh, are you a mean, big... He had his... Am I a big John Carpenter fan? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Love John Carpenter. <laughs> Love John Carpenter. Um, they Live is top 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 notch almost almost on the level of halloween for me it's my second favorite john carpenter oh wow okay um, I, I just saw that uh, myself for the first time this year 
It was. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was strange. <laughs> I didn't know what <laughs> it was about at, at all. I just know the line. You know, I came here to do two things, uh, and I knew there was a fight between him uh, or like mm-hmm. Rodney. Was it like Rodney Piper? Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Yeah. yeah, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And uh, Keith David. I didn't know what the context was. I just seen it for like five seconds. I knew it was like a long fight. I didn't know it was that long in the movie, but um, <laughs> I, I liked it, but I was just like, oh, shit. They were beating the yeah. shit out of each other. Dude, yeah, man. I mean, and the big trouble, the big troubles. Those are fucking great. And the escapes. <laughs> like, you know, like, Yeah, I yeah, I grew up on, I think, I, yeah, I grew up on Halloween, The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China. Um. I think those were, I mean, I've seen, uh, yeah, I saw the fog once really liked it as a kid. Um, I haven't seen actually a lot of the other ones. Like I haven't seen uh, Christine, uh, which I think also is a, another Stephen King adaptation. I haven't yes. seen, I think I saw the beginning of escape from New York, but I was kind of bored, but I would give it another shot. Cause I you do love Kurt. Okay. Cause yeah. I do love Kurt Russell. I obviously love, uh, John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. I, I have a question for you though, about this film. Yeah. Um, so there is a scene, uh, right when Bob and Linda get to, um, Annie's house. I think, I think it's Annie's house. Um, and, Oh, like, it's uh, Annie's. She, uh, the it's the baby or the one she's baby. Lindsay's house. Lindsay's house. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Lindsay's house. Um, they're like in the van, and Linda's like giving instructions on what they're gonna do and how it's gonna work so they can get upstairs and fucking shit, you know. And but then Bob says something very weird. <laughs> I don't know if I heard it wrong, and I like try. I like rewinded it a bunch of times. I never noticed this, but like. She's like, all right, so we're going to go upstairs. Da, 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 da. We're going to do this and this and this. And Bob was like, okay, so we're going to take your clothes off and then we're going to take Lindsay's clothes off. And I was like, wait, hold up. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think you're right. I think like, you say that. You're like, what did you just say, Bob? <laughs> you pop off, Bob. You, uh, <laughs> did that come out of your mouth, bro? Are you, are you, is this a young Jeffrey Epstein in this role? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the last, um, the last thing I want to, I want to touch on though um before we do end this episode is dean cundy the cinematographer and his use his his use of widescreen space is fucking incredible in this movie yeah yeah even outside um even outside uh when he's like they're walking around it's like an incredible use of space and mm-hmm. real quick, I, I don't know. Wh- I, it's been a while <laughs> since I was a child, but I don't know what time that you went trick-or-treating. But every time I watch this movie, I'm like, okay, school just ended and these kids are already trick-or-treating and it's super daytime and it's Illinois. So kind of confused <laughs> every time I watch this, like, isn't it like well, nighttime when people trick-or-treat? But I guess s- I could be wrong. I, don't know. I mean, maybe it was different in 78. But yeah, like, I mean, I figured that when I when I was trick or treating, it was like six thirty or something, wasn't it? Like six thirty, I went out. Isn't it like almost dusk at this time of year, though? That's why I was like, I don't know. I mean, it's a small thing because I know they film this in like California, California. So well, yeah, but I was just like, huh, this feels weird. Like they, I mean, I guess high school gets out after 
elementary school. So, but no, no, not in this world. Cause you see Lori and, uh, wait, no, it's early in the morning. You see Lori going to school, I think at the same time as Tommy, which is weird, I think, but, or maybe not. Nah. Well, in the morning, they do go to school at the same time. They walk, yeah. uh, Tommy meets Lori running towards her, uh, on the street. And then after school is when she smokes down with, um, Annie and then they go to, um, and then they have to go and stop by Annie's dad, who's the cop. And they're like, like high as shit. I love that part when like Loomis, uh, ma- uh narrowly misses Michael following, uh, Lori and Annie in the car. And is I was like, oh, oh he's right there. Ah, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some these kids. Uh, they just stole some uh, knives and rope and <laughs> a mask. Because that's not suspicious at all. <laughs> like, nah, it's just Halloween. It's fine. Fuck. It's kids. It's the seventies. <laughs> Fucking bracket. <laughs> I um. Uh. A couple more things uh, before we end it. I, I all I loved Lori when she's uh, coming from the house and she's stabbed and she's trying to knock on the door. I love when she's screaming for Tommy and he slowly comes downstairs. <laughs> like, yeah, she's yeah. just rubbing his eyes like, yeah, I'll be down there in a second. She's like, please, Tommy! Hold up, bitch. Hold up. <laughs> yeah, just like, if you open this fucking door, I swear to God, Tommy. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, Michael emerging from the shadows as Lori discovers her friends are uh, dead is also just a terrifying thing. Cause it's just, oh, my friends are dead. And then just slowly creeps. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, I totally forgot to mention it, but I remember that Lindsay gave like no fucks at all. Like, like Lindsay was, yeah. was at all times chill as fuck. She's until she's like, like she starts screaming at some point. But when like when um, Tommy gives off like an unbelievable like reaction to the fact that he just saw michael myers outside and he's like it's the boogeyman he's here it's the boogeyman like Lori's like yo like what are you talking about that's not real da, 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 da. and Lindsay is just like straight up like yo i believe you that boogeyman's outside just chill out <laughs> until something happens <laughs> let's sit down let's watch this sci-fi show man yeah it, it's kind of funny to me that she didn't believe him a little bit more because she's been followed the exact same day or at least she thinks she is seeing the same person and she's kind of unnerved and yet she doesn't give this kid one uh like iota of uh belief in what he's saying and i'm just like i i mean you've also been seeing someone this day but sure he's a kid and he's the boogeyman's not real so obviously there's someone who can't be outside the house like he could the the person he's seen obviously might not be the boogeyman because you're in a like almost an adult but he could just be the person that you've seen and then she doesn't even i mean she looks out and doesn't see anyone but she looked twice and like michael disappears earlier so to me it's kind of weird that she never investigated earlier never gave it like a second thought yeah yeah you know what she deserved to get stabbed in the arm for not believe hey hashtag believe (laughs) kids 
Sometimes. <laughs> Hashtag believe. <laughs> uh, do you have uh, do you have any final thoughts on Halloween? Um, I just want to thank John Carpenter for being a huge part of my childhood and making such an iconic film in t- two weeks written and 20 days. <laughs> yeah. He, he worked fast, created one of the best movies ever made. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how, um, Movies like this that are just so small and so simple have like stood the test of times. I mean, we're what? For, yeah, 42 years ago. Uh-huh. I mean, still good. I mean, some things are a little, yeah. I mean, it, it was, you know, made for cheap. So it's, a couple of things are a little dated, maybe, or just like little acting choices. Maybe we're like, yeah. But like, you know, it's still great. Um, you still feel terrified. And definitely oh, the definitely. best. Yeah, definitely the best the franchise has ever been. And honestly, I mean, I'm interested to see how they continue this with Halloween kills, I guess. But I don't know. I feel like you could just leave it alone. Like we kind of stopped with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which also got remade eventually. And Friday the 13th, which also got remade eventually. And uh-huh. I actually haven't watched a lot of those sequels for either franchise. Um, I might I'll save you time. <laughs> I'll save you time. Uh, don't watch the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. That is a total waste oh, of an hour and a half of it's your terrible. life. Oh, no. I've oh. seen the remakes. I haven't seen the sequels. Oh, well, they didn't make another one of Nightmare on Elm Street, did they? No, I, I meant like the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Oh. Like Dream oh, really? Warriors and... Uh, Ooh. I, I like Dream that Warriors. one. I haven't seen mm-hmm. past that. I, I want to see a new Nightmare, which I hear is amazing. Mm-hmm. And very... um. Uh, very meta, which is why I love Scream, which that might actually be my second favorite horror film, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, those sequels are pretty great. But um, I do want to give one last shout out to John Carpenter for also knowing music so well, because that score is the greatest horror score. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's an amazing score. Um, Two, two, two weeks in a row with amazing scores. I wonder if week three will be an amazing score. Um, well, it will. Be. It will. Uh, do you want to give the, uh, the viewers a tease for next week? Uh, let's just say next week is going to be covering a certain New England folktale. I wonder which one it is. I guess you got to tune in next week to find out what that is. Uh, Thank you for listening to another episode of You Can't Handle the Genre. Uh, You can follow, if you like this, you can follow the show at uh, Can't Genre Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook page that you can also look up and like and follow that. Uh, John, anywhere they can follow you. Uh, once again, you can follow me at Johnny Octagon 99 on Letterboxd. And you can follow me at Indigo McLeod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also follow my letterbox at Indigo 45. I want people to follow. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. And tune in next week for another episode of You Can't Handle the Genre. Thank you and have a amazing rest of your week and see you next time.